I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Thank you for listening to More Christianity. More Christianity is the book I've written to share the Catholic faith with evangelical Christians. And so we go through the different doctrines of the Catholic faith and explain them to evangelicals in a friendly way, not saying we're right, you're wrong, but affirming everything which is good about their sincere devotion to Jesus Christ, but summoning them to come further up and further in and to share in the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity is available to purchase from my website, DwightLongenecker.com. And now, let's get started with more Christianity. Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Week by week, we have different guests, and they simply sit down with me and have a conversation. Some of them run wonderful apostolates sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, some of them written books, all of them busy doing something for God and for his church and doing so with great zeal and enthusiasm. Today, I've got with me the author of a very curious and unusual book called The Catechism of Hockey. So my guest today is author Alyssa Bormez. Welcome to More Christianity. Thank you so much for having me, Father. Now, Alyssa, sometimes books are written for niche markets. The Catechism of Hockey is not only for hockey fans, but for Catholic hockey fans. Or have I got it wrong, and this is for a wider audience? (laughs) You have it exactly right, and it's for a wider audience. It's really for all parents. And then the happy accident is that it turns out teenagers like it as well. Right. And Alyssa, you tell some interesting stories at the beginning of the book about how you first got your skates on with your dad and and your brothers were out playing hockey. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Where are you from and and why is uh, ice skating such a part of your life? Well, I grew up in South Dakota where hockey isn't exactly the king that it is in Minnesota where I live now. But I grew up in a family of um, eight children. I have six brothers and a sister. And my dad was a hockey skater in high school. And so, of course, he took us all to skate. I might have been his worst student. I certainly learned how to skate, but not very well. But something about the beauty of a kid on a sheet of ice and a stick and a puck, it never left me. But what you've done, Alyssa, is you've taken the game of ice hockey and you've sort of extended metaphors about as far as it can go in applying what you've observed in hockey to the catechism and to living the Catholic faith. So can you tell us how that came about? You know, I suppose one part of it is that around the family dinner table, we were always storytellers. And I was the youngest, so I really had to hone my storytelling skills in order to be heard by my other siblings. And then the other part was that my father always spoke in analogies in order to explain the difficult in simple terms. And so analogy was just always a part of my living and breathing. And as I looked at the faith and I look at sports, I think there's so much that's similar. And we fully catechize our children in sports. And all I wanted to do was to take all those lessons of this full intergenerational, from-birth catechesis and put it into how we should be teaching the Catholic faith. You've used hockey to make that connection. 
Tell us about the opening metaphor. How do we first get into the catechism through hockey? Well, I mentioned before, my favorite thing is to see a kid on a sheet of ice with a stick and a puck. I just think that's so beautiful. It's just hockey in its rawest form. So I'm using a story about having just happened upon this child skating and wondering what is so beautiful about him. Why do I know this is hockey? How come he's following rules even though no one's there? Right? There have to be rules in place for me to know this is hockey and not football, right? There's something different about it. And then he's following the rules even though he's alone. Why? And so I eventually get up and keep walking on, and I hear him shoot the puck because you can hear that crack. And he says, he shoots, he scores, right? And that was it, that awakening of, ah, he's been catechized in hockey. (laughs) That's great. That reminds me of a point I think C.S. Lewis makes where he says that true freedom and true joy comes from doing something just for its own sake. And one boy out on the ice shooting hockey goals, you've pegged it. The boy's out there doing it just because it's fun, not because anybody's watching and he's not competing with anybody. He's not even trying to win the game. He's not trying to bring home a trophy. He's not trying to get the rewards for his, for his behavior. He's just doing something for its own sake. And we see that with children playing. And I believe we see it in other activities as well, human activities. We see it in sharing a family meal. We, we, we see it in just taking a walk for its own sake. We see it in laughter. We see it in music. I believe also that at the heart of our Catholic faith, we see this same activity for its own sake within the liturgy, the divine liturgy, within worship. We worship and we, we celebrate the liturgy for its own sake, not because it brings people together or not because it's a good community activity or not because God tells us to. All those things are, are true, but right. uh, at the heart of it, we have that same freedom, that same joy within liturgy, or we should have, uh, that you saw in the boy playing hockey. Does that make a connection? Yeah, absolutely, and this, the simple and the excessive sort of together, the mm-hmm. paradox of the two, and that Mass can be beautifully simple, and then in a certain sense it can be outrageously excessive, because why not? It's God. And let's go nuts for him, and let's have all the smells and bells, and let's have the beautiful vestments, and let's take care in how we come to Mass. Let's take care in how we are at Mass in the building itself, right? All those things, why not do it really well? So to go back to hockey, you could say, why not go to a professional hockey match in a big stadium with roaring crowds and lights and sound yeah. effects and action and, and professional players and all the gear and the, and the helmets and the, and the fast pace and the refs and the score and, and the sponsors and all the rest of that great stuff, but the heart of it is still that boy playing on the ice. Every hockey player... If you talk to the greats, every one of them will talk about being the boy on that sheet of ice, or the child on the sheet of ice. Actually, one of the people who endorsed the book, his name is Brian Bonin. He was the Hobie Baker Award winner in 1996, I believe, which is sort of like the Heisman Trophy for hockey. And he just sent me an email with his kids playing hockey on a pond, and then the one kid fell and now has stitches in his head. <laughs> it was so delightful, but this beauty of just the simple. And it actually reminds me, as we're talking about the Mass, my spiritual father is my beloved Bishop Paul Dudley of Happy Memory. 
And I remember many times having been at his home and he had changed one of the rooms into a chapel. And this very simple mass where the kneeler was right next to the altar. And so I was right in the midst of the mass. So simple. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is the most beautiful mass I've ever been at. I'm talking to Alyssa Bormas. She's the author of Catechism of Hockey, an unusual but a very interesting book. Alyssa, you've taken me back to my own childhood. I was brought up in Pennsylvania, and we had a beautiful pond in the front of our house. And I'll never forget it freezing over in January and February. And me and my brothers would test the ice and get our skates on and be out there playing hockey until the sun went down. And Mom called us in, and it was time for some hot vegetable soup and all the great stuff of uh, outdoors and being outdoors in the winter. And also that fellowship and the the camaraderie and the self-sacrifice that comes through sport. Now, you go on with hockey and and the catechism and and being Catholic with some interesting, I should say, very short chapters, which make the book very readable and and very accessible to all ages. Lots of stories in there and illustrations, which make it a good read. One of your titles is called Mites, Minis, and Mini Mites and Squirts. What's what's all that about? You know... That's the different levels of skating. You know, instead of little leagues, it's called mini mites, and then mites are a little bit older, and then the squirts. And the thing about the mini mites and the mites, they usually are separated by age, right, because you want the same sort of aged kid together. The mini mites are just learning how to stand on their skates. So if you've ever even seen one of their practices, it's the cutest thing in the world because it's just these little kids and all this equipment trying to stand on their skates trying to skate forward, backward, side to side, right? And then the mini mites, now they know the game a little more, still adorable to go to a practice or a game, and uh, they're sort of skating in a clump, but they're getting to know the game better and all the rules. They might still put the, the puck into the wrong net, you know, something delightful like that. And then the squirts, and the difference now is we're coming to, in a certain sense, the age of reason in hockey, and it's usually eight or nine years old, are the squirts. And now their penalties count, right? In mini mites and mites, we're just getting the rules across to them. And right or wrong is being taught, but they're not exactly responsible for right or wrong yet. But in squirts, they are. In the book, I make the analogy to confession and why we have kids going to confession at what we call the age of reason, seven-ish. I had phone calls from people when I was the head of religious education at my parish. I would have phone calls from parents saying, I I don't think Teresa is ready to go to confession yet. I'd say, okay, great, that's perfect. You're the first teachers of the child. I respect that. When do you think she would be ready? In a couple years. Great, we will prepare her in two years, and then we'll have her go to First Communion that following spring. And then that gasp from the parent, like, (laughs) <laughs> I want her to go to communion now with right. the other kids. Right. They want holy, first Holy Communion without confession. Exactly. And so then I would change the subject and say, hey, doesn't your child play hockey or soccer or whatever? And, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, how are they doing? Great. And aren't they playing positions now? Yeah. And, I, and how's she doing with the rules and everything? And she really understands the penalties and how it all works? Yes. And so she has the capacity for right and wrong. That's an excellent way to, to get into that subject. Because, of course, a lot of the parents are thinking, like so many Catholics, that confession is really only for when you do the really bad, dirty, shameful <laughs> stuff. And we need to understand more and more that confession has to do with more than just 
big, dirty, shameful stuff. But it's usually this stuff where the people lose control, you know, uh, lose their temper or they, they yes. drink too much or stuff that's below the belt. And people need to understand this broader than that. And, and introducing children to confession at the right age in the right way is, is very, very important. By the way, I'm talking with Alyssa Bormes. She's the author of Catechism of Hockey. Alyssa, you talk about the box and being in the box. How does that relate to the Catholic faith? Well, in hockey, and this is really why the hockey analogy works, although much of the whole book can be translated into any sport, but the hockey analogy works particularly well because in hockey you have major and minor penalties, and when you get one you go to the box, which is so Catholic, right? And the other thing in hockey is you make your team play shorthanded, which is exactly what we do when we're not in a state of grace. Mm -hmm. We're making our team, the mystical body, play shorthanded. And then um, at the end of a penalty, at the gopher games at least, the announcer says the gophers are at full strength, and the crowd yells back, they always were. And in a certain sense, that's the mercy of confession. Absolutely. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us today. My name is Father Dwight Longenecker. I'm the host of this show, More Christianity. I encourage you to go and visit my blog and browse through my books. You can get there by going to my website, dwightlongenecker.com. Come there and pay a visit and see the different things on offer and learn more about this program. Also, you can connect from there to the website where all of our programs have been archived. You can listen to all of those at your own leisure. I want to draw your attention to my latest book, The Romance of Religion. The Romance of Religion is published by Thomas Nelson, and it's available at all good booksellers, also through Amazon and through my website, DwightLongenecker.com. In The Romance of Religion, I'm using the word romance not like falling in love and giving your beloved uh, chocolates on Valentine's Day, but instead we're talking about romance as the great story, the great quest, the hero's adventure. And I'm using this idea of the great quest or the hero's adventure as a, as a way of discussing the, the need to go on the adventure with Jesus Christ, to step out of our comfort zone, to step out of the fishing boat and walk on the waves, to hear his call, come and follow me and leave your nets and step out on the great risk, the great adventure of following Jesus Christ. The Romance of Religion is the book, and it explores our Christian faith and challenges you to go further and also understand our Christian faith and our Catholic faith in terms of the great adventure. It goes right back through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and uses those stories and shows how all the great heroes of the faith have stepped out, heard the call of God, and gone on the great journey to the Promised Land. Pick it up and share it with others, The Romance of Religion. And now let's talk to our guest again in More Christianity. Alyssa, I know that the other thing that you do, apart from being a, an author, is that you work with Dale Alquist at the American Chesterton Society. Isn't that right? I do. I am his assistant. And people will ask me, what do you do for Dale? And I say, I have no idea, but it takes all day. <laughs> you could say, what don't I do for Dale, right? <laughs> That's right. It's a joy. It's very Chestertonian to work at the American Chesterton Society. Well, I know and Dale is irrepressible Chestertonian. He has the same wit and wisdom of Chesterton. He doesn't have quite the same girth as Chesterton yet, um, but he's he's been here in Greenville, South Carolina and been a speaker for us, and he's been a guest on this show. So you work with Dale Alquist, and I felt in reading your book that it was quite a good book to have come from the American Chesterton Society or an employee there because Chesterton's idea and worldview is very similar to yours. He's trying to see God in everything, and that was one yeah. of his great 
marks of his genius was that he had this great capacity for seeing a tree or a bird or a beggar or a, or an aristocrat and seeing God's truth bubbling up through everything in life. And this is what you've done with your book, Catechism of Hockey. Is that something the Chesterton Society is trying to do? Yes, and the funny thing about this book is that the first day I met Dale, which is in 2008, and we always argue about when, but uh, <laughs> he offered to publish the book for me because we were just talking about it, and he said, I'll publish the book, but then he had to beg me to write it. And because it is Chester Tony, but I always had this worldview. I think it's from my parents, this joy in everything, the passion for doing something either well or just for the fun of it, you know, and the details of life, the little bits and pieces that really point to a higher good and how God is everywhere. Absolutely. Alyssa, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here with you because, you know, this is a deeply, a profoundly Catholic view of the world. It's a view which I say is sacramental, it's incarnational, just as our Lord was born into a human family and took on human flesh and lived within human history. This is the sign that his grace is, is woven into every aspect of history, every aspect of human life, like a silver thread. It runs through everything. And part of the mystery and the, and the marvel of being a Catholic is that we were able to pick these things out and see the way of God in the world, to see that God's, the grandeur of God is, is charged right through everything. This is a deeply Catholic point of view, but it also goes right against the grain of our modern world. I don't know if, like me, you see that the main way that most modern people look at the world is mechanistic. Yeah. It's scientific, and this is not to mock science. We need science, but what's infected our mentality is a kind of utilitarian, scientific, mechanistic way of looking at the world. Do you see what I'm, I'm getting at here? Yes, absolutely, Father. And I only allude to it in the book, the chapter of In the Box, talking about having been away from the church for 17 years and then coming back through confession. But in those 17 years, that's exactly how I looked at the world. It's really just this place where you seek pleasure and you have as much fun in any manner of way you would like to, and you make no apologies. And somebody has said that the mark of this mechanistic worldview is that everything is perceived as a means to an end. Yes. Everything is perceived as a kind of tool to give me more pleasure or a tool to give me more power or a means to get me more prosperity. Everything, whether it's other people or whether it's the natural world of animals and the world's resources and whatever there is in the world, everything is perceived as a part of the machine, a part of the process, a part of the, the means to get me what I want. And this goes right against the Catholic worldview, which says, no, 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 stop for a minute. Everything has a deep meaning because it's been created by the Creator. Every person has an eternal destiny. Everything that you see in the natural world uh, is surging with, with meaning, and everything's connected. And this is a very different way of looking at the world. I, I think it's one of the gifts which the Catholic Church can give to the modern world, that we can be a little bit countercultural and say, look, folks, let's stop for a minute and say with the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. It, uh, stop for a minute and, and take time to contemplate and to breathe deeply and see these things. 
And that's why I liked your book, Alyssa, because the Catechism of Hockey, in a funny kind of way, is trying to get us to see the world in a different way. I have to admit, I picked up the book. I, I get loads of books for review, and I picked it up, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do with this? I'm not a hockey player. But I got into it very quickly, and it, I enjoyed it. Well, I'm so glad. And as you are talking, you're making tears come to my eyes because you're exactly right. In my life of having been away from the church for 17 years, led me to a day where I was going to kill myself. It was August 19, 1998. The pleasure-seeking, everything added up to that day. And the only reason I didn't is because I knew my mother would be the one to find me, and I didn't want to emblazon that in her Mm -hmm. memory. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed one prayer, and I said, God, I'll give you one chance. And here I am. Before, I didn't see God really in anything. In those 17 years, I can't, I I have no idea where he might have been. But now, looking back, I can see him all over what I call the dark years, and all over these years. And in the book, there's a few stories that actually happened during the dark years. There were just little bits and pieces, for example, the chapter on the slap shot, mm-hmm. that happened in the middle of the dark years. And I thought, look at him showing off, look at God showing off by giving me a gem in the middle of a desert. This outrageous, sparkly gem that he crystallized in my memory and let me draw on years later. And so you found that by coming back to the church, coming back to your faith, this what I call sacramental worldview, this way of seeing God's love and God's grace bubbling up in everything, was given to you again. You got a new kind of vision. Yeah, and you know what it was? It was the old kind of vision my parents had been trying to give to me Mm -hmm. since baptism, and I had just denied it. I don't want it anymore. I'm tired of your sort of thing. And then I realized it's the only type of vision... And what kills me is when people come up and they'll say, but what is it about you? What, what's that thing? There's something about you. And I think, it's God. It's not me. It's just Him. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus showing off and being at work. And I don't have anything in the sense of a lot of worldly goods. I have much less than I used to have. But now I feel like I have everything. And you've actually brought up another point. If the whole world is charged with the grandeur of God, if every person has this eternal destiny, if every created thing surges with life and and therefore with love and with light and with God, and we have the eyes to see that through the virtues of baptism, God's grace working within us, and the miracle of God's love alive in us, then you've brought out another valuable aspect of this, that if this is true, then the Christian journey, the, the, the Catholic journey, is to allow that grace and that love and that light and that life to well up in our lives in such a way that people do see us. Mm-hmm. And they say, what's different about you? You know, you've got a freedom and a joy. You've got a, a radiance here that, that uh, is intriguing and attractive. And, and what is this? And it draws, therefore, others to the light of Christ, which is coming out from us. Now, this is the point of the new evangelization. I think this is what Pope Francis is trying to get at. It's actually what Pope Benedict said as well. He said, we don't proselytize, we attract. 
And what he meant by that is we're not going around hitting people over the head with big catechisms. We're going around just relating and, and building up relationships with them and, and somehow or other allowing the grace of God to ooze out of our lives in his way working in us. It's uh, something which is indefinable. But going right back to the beginning, it's that indefinable something which you, Alyssa, pinpointed at the beginning of your book, The Catechism of Hockey, in this simple image of the boy playing hockey by himself. Yeah. And there is also that freedom I'm talking about, that radiance and uh, that I'm talking about, just being who we are for our own sake because God has redeemed us. And this is what you're sharing with us in a deeper level in your book. Are we getting where, where you wanted us to go? Yeah, you know, you really understand what I'm trying to do, and it's such a joy to hear it. And I just want to show people, I think that sports are the vernacular and that it is the language we all understand. And for me, it's the language in which to reach parents. Somehow the title might indicate that it's a cute book for kids. No, it's a serious book for parents and, frankly, any adults. We have to get a hold of what we do in sports. Not to eliminate sports, no, enjoy sports, just like the sacramental view, you know, in this beautiful sense with the small s of sports, but then to elevate it to Christ. Alyssa, tell our listeners the best place to get hold of your book. Just go to Amazon and buy it, or do they need to go to the American Chesterton Society? You can go to HockeyFaith.com. That's my website, and you can get it right there, HockeyFaith.com. And the Kindle version is on Amazon. So they can read it on their Kindle, and they can buy a hard copy from those various places. Did you say HockeyFaith.com? That's right. HockeyFaith.com. And is it available at Amazon and and other suppliers as well? No, it really isn't yet, uh, because we need to have such a huge printing of it. And so the Kindle is with Amazon, but otherwise HockeyFaith.com. Chesterton.org as well, but HockeyFaith.com is a good one. That's great. Today my guest on More Christianity has been Alyssa Bormas. She's the author of a curious and wonderful book called A Catechism of Hockey. She also works with Dale Alquist at the American Chesterton Society. Go over to their website, subscribe to their magazine, and learn more about the wonderful author G.K. Chesterton and all the work the G.K. Chesterton Society are doing here in the United States. I want to draw your attention to my latest book, The Romance of Religion. The Romance of Religion is published by Thomas Nelson, and it's available at all good booksellers, also through Amazon and through my website, DwightLongenecker.com. In The Romance of Religion, I'm using the word romance not like falling in love and giving your beloved uh, chocolates on Valentine's Day, but instead we're talking about romance as the great story, the great quest, the hero's adventure. And I'm using this idea of the great quest or the hero's adventure as a, as a way of discussing the, the need to go on the adventure with Jesus Christ, to step out of our comfort zone, to step out of the fishing boat and walk on the waves, to hear his call, come and follow me and leave your nets and step out on the great risk, the great adventure of following Jesus Christ. The Romance of Religion is the book, and it explores our Christian faith and challenges you to go further and also understand our Christian faith and our Catholic faith in terms of the great adventure. It goes right back through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and uses those stories and shows how all the great heroes of the faith have stepped out, heard the call of God, and gone on the great journey to the Promised Land. Once more, you're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Thanks for being with us today, and tune in again next week.